Welcome to the Duluth Vineyard Podcast. This message is recorded from one of our weekend services. As a church, we are a community from all different walks of life who are learning to love God and love one another. We're a place where everyone is welcome, true believers, along with the curious, the skeptical, the wounded, and even the disillusioned. We're a place of new hope and second chances. We're a church where God can be found. You can find out more about the Vineyard Church in Duluth on our website at duluthvineyard.org. Thanks for listening. How are you doing? You're going to have to be more awake so that you wake me up. I walked out yesterday and I, I, this is, I'm such a Southern California girl, but it was so foggy. Like, and I was like, is it going to snow? Like, I, I, I mean, like, I got my flip-flops on, really, seriously. I'm like, isn't it August? And every person I said that to said, it's Duluth. So, like, so apparently it can snow in August here. Is that true? Good to know. FYI. How you doing? Good. All right. Well, we've had a really good time this weekend, and I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to encourage you um, at, and talk to you about actually courage. So um, I actually want to use the, the story of uh, Daniel and the lion's den, and, and actually this weekend we really did. We talked about, um, uh, you know, this sort of theme of a cause to live for and a cause to die for. And, and I actually, this is something that's really close to my heart. This is something that I actually have a lot of passion for because I really believe that it really doesn't matter um, what it is in life that you need courage in order to say yes to Jesus. Like you need courage in order to, to go on in your life with Christ. Isn't that true? You need courage here in Minnesota? Because in, in Southern California... If we're going to say yes to the Lord, like we need courage inside of us. And so this morning, I just want to share the story of Daniel and the lion's den because it's so powerful here. And Brenda, what time am I supposed to be done here? Because I forgot to ask. And what, just give me a time. 12, 1, 2, 3. Better give me a time. You never, you have to tell a pastor a time or it's over. What? 10.05. Okay. Nobody hold me to that. That's the deal. All right, so what is it that gives people courage? If you look at the life of Jesus and if you look at how Jesus invited in uh, the disciples in to minister with him and to be with him, they saw amazing things happen. I mean, the kingdom of God is, is an exciting way to live. I mean, they saw, you know, the lame people get up. They saw the blind see. They saw, you know, people come back from the dead. I mean, it's a really exciting thing to live a kingdom life. But there's something about just day to day having this sort of courage that rises up in us that we can say yes to Jesus no matter what it is, that whatever it is that God's called you into this life, that you can follow him with everything that's in you. Like I believe that God has placed in each of us this calling, this deep calling of the kingdom to say yes to him and the things of him. And, and you know, oftentimes the enemy will try to talk us out of that or take us out of what Christ has called us into. And so we have to have courage. We have to have this ability to say yes to him. One of my passions is reading church history and just the, the people that have gone before us and the people that have given their lives for the kingdom. I mean, there's something about that if you've never dealt with death in your life, then you've never really lived. Too many people walk around and they're so afraid of death. They're so afraid of what can happen to them. And I've found that most people that are afraid of what can happen to them is because they don't know where they're going. You know where you're going? 
That's the blessing. To go be with Jesus is the blessing. To go be with Jesus is everything. So when you deal with death, and death has no hold, as a believer, death's supposed to have no hold on you. So to live with courage should be a natural lifestyle for us because what's the worst that people can really do to you? So I love to read about church history and the people that gave their lives. If you look at just the disciples alone, all of them died except one, a martyr death. So we have Andrew and we have Jude and Bartholomew and Simon and Peter. They were all crucified and Peter was actually crucified upside down. He was actually walking out of the city and he had a vision of Christ. And when he had the vision, he actually turned back around and walked into his own death. He knew that he would be martyred. And he actually asked to be crucified upside down because he could not see himself crucified as Christ was. There's something about where so many of them were beheaded. Matthew was speared to death. James was thrown from the temple, stoned by the Jews to where his brains were everywhere. Are you encouraged yet? But there's something about this because Luke was actually hanged and John was boiled in oil. So we talk about this sort of thing of the kingdom of God where we see amazing things and we're part of amazing things that Jesus invites us into. But there's this whole other side that there's an exchange process that happens. It's our life for his life. Like if you've never done this exchange process to say yes to God, then you've never really dealt with death. You've never really dealt with being dead to yourself and to to living your life for you, right? It's that sort of thing of dying every day. I love this whole sort of thing of all through church history, all of these people that were martyred for Christ and it didn't even matter. St. Denis in 250 AD, he was a preacher in Paris. He led many people to the Lord. And there's actually a place in France called Martyrs Hill where 300 people that he led to Christ were beheaded. And after they were beheaded, he picked up his head and he walked for two miles. There's St. Felician who were missionaries to the Morani people, and the executioners put rods of iron through their ears and their nose before they took their heads off. But after they were beheaded, they rose up, picked up their heads, and walked away. There's another guy in 451 AD who was a bishop in France, and he was martyred along with his sister and a group of believers, and he saw the people coming to kill him where he got down on his knees. And while he was still praying, they cut off his head, to which he continued to pray as his head rolled down the hill. Then the Christians with them were all killed, but their bodies lit up so bright that their enemies were terrified and ran. This is all of the people that have gone before us. There's so many people that were martyred. There's so many people that death had no hold on them. Like they weren't afraid to die. And the thing that they all had was this courage. This courage to be able to stand up and say yes to Christ no matter what came against them. And too much of the time when we come up against stuff, we either want out, we want to run away, or whatever it is so we can get out of the situation. So we really do need a courage to rise up in us. In the Bible, in Psalm 110.3, it says this, that a day is coming where people will volunteer to give their lives for the gospel. I believe, I mean, it's happening all the time. It's just not happening in the States. It happens all over the world that people are martyred. The Bible also talks about that every blood that was shed, that was martyred for Christ, that Christ himself will avenge. 
There's something about that. There's something really powerful about that. So what is courage? If you look at what courage actually means, this is what it means. It means it's known as bravery, will, or fortitude. It's the ability to confront fear, pain, risk, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation. That's what courage is. Courage does not mean that you're not afraid. Courage means that you have the ability to push past the fear. Fear's not a bad thing. If, if fear controls you, it's a bad thing. Fear's never the Lord. When people talk to me about how God scares them into following him, that's, that's never the Lord. That's not the God I know. He does not need to use fear, something that he actually doesn't even have, to get you to say yes to him. He gives us free will. He wants you to follow him because he loves you and he wants relationship with you. He doesn't need to scare you into saying yes to him. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. So we have the life of Daniel, which I love because here Daniel, if you look at the life of Daniel, it really is a life of courage. I mean, time and time again where Daniel actually gets pulled When he was a teenager, he gets pulled into where he is going to have to serve the king. And even from the very beginning, Daniel and his friends were able to say yes to God and follow God in spite of man. Being a teenager, 14, 15 years old, didn't even care what the leadership said. He just served God, and he was able to serve the king and honor the king in the process because he really believed God. And so if you look at the life of Daniel, Daniel's life is really a life of courage. So in chapter 6 here, we see where Daniel is actually, it's the whole story of Daniel in the lion's den. You know that story? I want to break it down for you today a little bit because it's really powerful. Once we get to this story actually with Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel's actually 90 years old. So all this time Daniel's been, uh, you know, serving the king. All this time Daniel's been following after God. All this time Daniel now has a reputation, so much so that he's become friends with the king And he has so much favor because of his lifestyle. He has so much favor with the king that the king and him actually become very good friends. And so what happens is it's it's breeding a jealousy. It's breeding a, all the other leaders are so jealous of Daniel, they want him out of the way. They want him out. Oftentimes when you say yes to the Lord, some people don't like that. Have you found that out yet? Not everybody's real excited about it. It's kind of shocking, isn't it? Isn't it shocking? Like you want to share about what Jesus has done and you like think everybody's going to be excited about it? You want to talk about it? And they're like, you're crazy. I mean, it's hard. It's hard when you share things that are really important to you and not everybody's excited about it. So this is where we are with Daniel because the people are trying to trap him. The leaders are trying to trap him because they're jealous of him. So they want him out of the way. So chapter 6, turn in your Bibles, chapter 6. They're trying to find some corruption in Daniel. Let me just go down to, let's go down to verse, right before verse 5. It says that they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and the satraps went to, as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators... Uh, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who praised any god or man during the next 30 days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published... 
he went home to his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, Daniel got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he'd done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that, that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or man except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? And the king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is the one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the decree that you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. And when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed, and he was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Verse 15, Then the men went as a group, to the king and said to him, Remember, O king, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him in the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. And a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to the palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him, as he could not sleep. And at the first light of dawn, the king got up, hurried to the lion's den, and when he, when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I, have found, I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you. And the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out of the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Such a powerful story. I want to read the whole thing because it's so powerful. There's so much in there. There's so much of, of what you know, Daniel's lifestyle that even led him to the point to where he could even say yes to God and, and that death had no hold on him. He wasn't afraid of any of that. I mean, there's a process here that actually that Daniel went through to be able to walk in the courage that he's going to have to walk through. And, and what's interesting is that the, the people, the, the leaders, are going to play on the king's pride. And oftentimes, pride can be the biggest downfall. Pride can actually take us out because when, when we give in to pride, we give in to the very option of not only ourselves having the ability to humble ourselves, but it's oftentimes people that fall, they fall because of pride. I mean, that's what the Bible says. I mean, because the king is going to fall into his own pride about himself, and he's going against his friend. And when he realizes what he's done, he wants to fix it, but he has no power to fix it because he's been so trapped by his own pride. And you know, oftentimes we can feel like everything is coming against us. Like if you look at the life of Daniel, if you look at what Daniel's done up to this point, Daniel's done nothing wrong. And many times in life we can feel like we're doing everything right and we're trying to obey God and we're trying to do the right things and it just feels like everything's coming against us. Just feels like people don't like us. It feels like they want to do us harm. It just feels like nothing goes right for us. But the thing is, is that in this life, the only promise that we have is Jesus. The only promise that we have is to hold on to him when everything comes our way that we would rather not walk through. We will face hardship. We will go through things. 
We will go through things that we don't deserve. We will go through things that we didn't even do anything to make them happen. I've found this. It's one thing if I make some really crummy decisions and I have to walk through it. It's another thing when people around me make crummy decisions and I have to walk through it. You know what I mean? How, how, what a drag that is. And so Daniel's in this, he's like having people come after him that he's like been around for years. And they're so jealous of him, they just want him out. And his own friend has given into because of his own pride, having to come against him. And many times it feels like that, where, where we have so much resistance coming at us. And this is the thing I've found for me. Resistance is not always a bad thing. Just because it, you're having to push through things doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It could very well mean that you're doing the right thing. If you really believe that God's called you to do something and you get a little bit of resistance, do you really think the enemy's just going to go, all right, here you go? Think about it. When somebody says to me, I just get no warfare. Like, I don't, I mean, my life is, I don't get any warfare. I don't know what people are talking about. I'm like, well, what are you doing with your life? Like, I mean, if you're in a battle and you're making a difference in the battle, the enemy's going to want you out. Get it? So being able to have courage and being able, what's the worst you can do to me? I'm going to be with Jesus. What's the worst you can do to me? I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm dead to myself. I'm dead to have to rise up and to defend myself, which is what I love about Daniel because Daniel's response is he doesn't throw this pity party. He's not like, I can't believe it. You were my friend and you came after me. And many times when things come after us, we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you're doing this to me. And we want to throw this big, you know, sort of thing of blame shifting and going after people or whatever. And what I found is that I only have control over my response in situations. I can't control the people around me. Even as a mother, I can't control my kids. The only thing that I can do is, is train them in the way that I'm supposed to train them, but they have to make their own decisions. Too many parents, too many mothers, I'm going to say this because I'm a mom and I can say it. You know, if you control and manipulate your kids to do what you want, they're going to end up really mad at you. The fruit of manipulation is anger. And women, I'm, this is such a side note, but I feel like I'm supposed to go here. Women are so good at that. I can say that because I'm a woman. I mean, sometimes we can have the gift of control. Men, don't do anything right now because you can ruin this. Don't, don't look at your wife. Don't, you can ruin it. But we have to be really careful that we don't try, to, and men know how to manipulate too, don't get me wrong. But as mothers, we have to be really careful that we don't try to manipulate our kids to do what we want in order to try to control them. And what I love about Daniel's response here is that he's not going to try to defend himself. He's not going to go after anybody. He's not going to try to control the situation. In fact, the first thing that Daniel does is what? He goes right to God. And not only that, but it talks about this history that he's had with God. It talks about that Daniel did this three times a day for how many years? He's 90 years old now. So the first thing that Daniel comes up against when he realizes, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble, is he runs to God. And more often than not, we run to everything else first, and then we go to God when it doesn't work. And there's something about with Daniel here that he so knew God that it was the safest place for him to be. That whatever God decided, that's what the deal was. That was, that was okay with him. And that he would, he would go and be with God. And there's something about 
having a secret history with God, because I really believe that we live in societies that, that have a lot of crisis Christians. Like something goes wrong, and then we run to God. If you get me out of this, God, if you get me out of this, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about? And there's not this sort of history with God. Listen, you've got to give yourself in a relationship with God so that when those times come, you have something to draw from. Too many people get in tough situations and they have nothing to draw on from God. They don't know who God is. They don't know the faithfulness of God. They don't know how God works. They, have, they walk in fear because they don't know who God is. There's something about where you've got to spend time with God so that when those hard times come, you know who your God is and that's the first thing that you run to, Right? Amen? I mean, I know that if I do not have a secret history with God, I mean, I tell my, if, if, listen, if I, if I read People Magazine all week and got up to preach on Sunday, it'd be a really sketchy message. But oftentimes we go to church maybe once a week, right? And then we wonder why we struggle all week. There's something about like the, the life of Daniel. See, this courage that rises up in him is because he has a secret history with God. Like you spend time with God, you become like the person that, that, uh, that you reflect the person that you're with. You spend time with God, you'll become more like Jesus. Right? You get to know who he is and how he works and all those sort of things. And when you come up against things, I guarantee that you'll rely on him and that you'll trust in what, whatever it is that you're facing. You'll trust him because you know that he really does work everything out for good for your life. See, most people don't believe that. They believe that God's after him and that God you know, w- wants to get him for some reason. They don't understand the faithfulness of God. They don't understand that he has their best intentions at heart, that, that his ways are better than their ways, that he's got good plans of a hope and a future. People don't believe that. You don't know that unless you spend time with him, Right? If I saw my husband once a year, we wouldn't have a very good marriage. We'd either have a really great marriage or a really bad marriage. You know what I'm talking about? Like we're together because we love each other. You get to know each other. So you learn how, you know, have you ever seen this? Like when people get older and older couples and they start looking alike. (laughs) Or people start looking like, no offense, but people that own dogs they start looking like the dog, and the dog starts looking like the owner. Have you ever seen that? This is really true. No offense. Maybe you don't have that. We have that in California. But it's very true, and here the king is trying to get Daniel out of it, but he can't even do it because he realizes, you know, what he's done. And oftentimes you can find yourself in tough situations, and you can't get out of it, and you have to make a decision on what it is that you're going to run to in order to say yes to God and have the courage to keep going. And if you just rely on yourself, you will not last very long. I know that if I just rely on Christy, I will not, I will not say yes to God, and I will not last very long. Because I only have so much in me to be able to have the courage to keep going. So there's this sort of thing that's happening with Daniel that he has the courage because of its secret, of its, you know, the secret history. Look in verse 10. This is important because it says, Now when Daniel learned of the decree that had been published, he went home to the upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. See, Daniel would get before Jerusalem and Daniel would prophesy over Jerusalem that this is what he wanted to see happen in Jerusalem. And he would get before God and he would pour out his heart to God and, and tell him everything that, that, that he was feeling or all the things that he was facing. And, and to this place where he had so much trust 
Christ and who God was. And it's so important that we understand that going to God is the safest place to be. No matter what it is that you're facing this morning, if you take it to God, God can take that off of you. See, too many people, they're carrying around. When God says, you know, listen, my, my yoke is light. There's the burden that whatever it is that we're carrying, we carry around things that we're not meant to carry. That's actually a mindset of slavery. But Christ came to break off the yoke of the things that we, you know, tend to walk through life with. And too many pe- people walk around and they're carrying all this stuff that you're not meant to carry. And what happens is people walk around in sickness and illness and, and fear and disease and all these sort of things. Why? Because you and I are meant to carry them. And the only way that we get it off of us is if we go before Christ and we give everything to him. So nothing has a hold on us so we don't live our lives bound by this world we're supposed to be in the world it's not of the world right not taking on things that that are of this world and too many people the people have no fear to come after down here there will be people in your life that will come after you that will do things to you that are totally unfair and that's not even really the point they won't even have any respect for God they won't have any respect for what God's doing in your life and all you have control over is your response Too many people believe that God was the great I was instead of the great I am. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that delivers Daniel from the lion's den is the same God that's right here in this room right now. He's the same God that moves in ways that he moved back then. He's the same God that that comes to deliver you, to give you hope, to get you out of whatever den you're in. Because I'm telling you this morning, all of you guys have your own uh, den of lions things that you just feel trapped by, things that you just feel like I'm stuck and I'm never going to get out of this. And we have to understand that going to God and is what gives us the courage to say yes to God and be able to face anything it is that comes into our life. All of us have things that we face that are really difficult. And Daniel's such a good encouragement for this. There's something about that even if everybody's coming against you, even if it feels like nothing is going right in your life, that you have the courage to stand up for what's right. In your family, in your relationships, in your job, whatever it is that you have the ability, that you have the courage, this thing, I love courage, because I know that when courage rises up in me, it has nothing to do with me, it has to do with the God inside of me. See, it's about his perfection, it's not about our perfection. And when we get to the place when we can rely on him no matter what, even if we're by ourselves, that we can say yes to him no matter what. I love this story about George Washington. George Washington was a great leader, and and one of the greatest stories about him is that he would actually go ahead of the men in battle. He would go ahead of them, and at one point, he was in front of the army, and he stayed on his horse right in front of all of the shooting and said, basically, what he was saying is, go ahead, what do you got? And after they were done unloading, the enemy dropped their weapons and applauded Washington because he had four gunshots in his coat, yet no blood. See, too many people are waiting for somebody else to, go, to stand up for what's right. And God may be asking that of you. You may be the one person that God's waiting to raise up to change the atmosphere of where you're at, to change your workplace, to change your family. To, more often than not, we wait for everybody else to change. If everybody would just change, life would be great. Isn't that true? If everybody else would just work on their stuff, our life would be so much easier. But I really believe that God's looking for people to stand up with the courage to be able to say, listen, you can't touch me. There's nothing that you can do to me. I'm going to say yes 
to the things that are right here, even if you come against me, even if you try to set me up. I can't tell you how many times in my life people have tried to set me up to get me out of wherever. I can't even count. And now this is what I've realized. I've just realized that when that happens, God must be really wanting to do something in me. I like just look at it kind of twisted now. And I just choose to believe people love me, even if they don't. I just choose to believe they love me. <laughs> you know, why waste our time any other way? C.S. Lewis said this. He said, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. Because, see, courage is the very thing that you don't even know the courage that's inside of you until you come up against something that you need it for, right? You know, one of the, one of the things that I have more respect for, I have so much respect for single parents. I have so much respect for, like, a single mom or a single dad that goes to work, that takes care of the kids, that, you know, is doing, trying to do everything. And so many, so many of those people, that is courage, when you have to do that, that, that takes courage. That's what courage looks like in our day. Courage is to be able to, and on the playground at school or in college or whatever it is, to be able to say yes to God no matter what. Even though you don't have any friends, even though people think you're crazy. That's what courage looks like. But look at, this is really important. Look at it, verse 23 again, where the king finds Daniel because he's so worried now that his friend, because of his choice, was taken out. Verse 23, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. See, trusting in God is what will get you out of situations that look like there's no hope. Trusting in God in, in things that you just feel like, man, this is never going to change. I'm never going to get out of this is what's the example to the other people around us. You know, years ago we went through this sort of time where um, that was really hard, and just it felt like uh, I just had so many people close to me pass away. And at the time I was playing sports, I'd always played sports, and I was playing uh, soccer for years, some, some of the same girls, and, and um, it wasn't very nice soccer. It was like football soccer. And, uh, and so I'd been playing with these girls for years, but we went through this process where I lost a lot of people that I really loved. And you just don't realize that your life is a message. It's not so much of what you say, it's who you are, right? And you don't re reproduce who you think you are, you reproduce who you are. And I remember this one day that one of the girls on my team calls me, and she's just sobbing. And I'd known this girl for a really long time, and she's really kind of rough, and and kind of hard, but I don't really think everybody's, I think that's always just really a front, you know? And she's just sobbing, and she said, I have to know, I have to know, like, what is it that got you through all that stuff? She goes, I've never, she, her sister is dying of cancer. She said, I've never seen where somebody's gone through that much loss and be okay. And I thought, you know what, that's really, that's really the life, you know, the message of our life is that people are watching us because they're looking for people that will have the courage to say yes to God and still say yes to him in the midst of hardship, in the midst of things that are really painful. I would have never thought that. I didn't even realize that they were watching me. I didn't even realize it, that all that was going on. But see, people notice that stuff. Why? Because then it gives them the hope that they can make it. Do you get that? 
when you make it through something, you actually give other people hope that they themselves can make it. You know in the Bible where it talks about that you, even just standing, you know it talks about in battle and having the armor of Christ, that oftentimes that we're called just to stand, like even just not running away and just standing takes courage. Do you get that? Like, just stand. Don't run away. Just stand and say yes to God. Even if you can't do anything, just stand. Don't run away. Remember, there's no armor for your back. So if you turn your back, you're dead. You're an open target. And too many people, when they come up against stuff, they don't have the courage inside. They just want out. And they have no protection. Just stand. It takes courage to just stand. Look at in verse 24, it says, At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. you got to let God, whatever it is that you have to make it through right now, let God be in control of your situation. If you just look at your circumstance and try to control all of it, you'll ruin it. You let God work it out together for his good. Too many times, I've learned this, anything that I try to control myself, I don't give God the ability to move on it. When I give up the control, then God can move on it. We gotta let God work things out. We can't take things in our own. God always works things out for his good. Anytime you and I try to, to step in and not trust him in the process, we ruin everything. We really do. We make it so much harder on ourselves. Isn't that true? So my encouragement to you this morning is, listen, I mean, there's something about when you give your life to Christ and he gives you this sort of peace that there's nothing here that's worth, that, that's worth dying for except for Christ. There's nothing, there's nothing like living your life for Jesus. And in the process of that, that exchange process, he'll give you a courage that's unlike anything else so that you can not only say yes to him, not just for your own life, but in the lives of the people around you that are watching you. It's a very powerful story. It's very powerful to know that you have the ability by how you live to live a life of courage that will affect and change the lives of the people around you. Amen? Why don't you stand? Okay, let's just, okay, let's just pray. Let me just pray for all of you guys first, because I, because I got the mic. So, <laughs> just put your hand over your heart, because nobody's really like, when I, you know, uh, pray courage, nobody's like, I'm good, I've got all the courage in the world. I mean, come on. So just put your hand over your heart. And Lord, we just ask that this morning, Lord, that you would fill us with courage. We ask, Lord, that the areas, Lord, that we're having trouble trusting you. Lord, that you would just reveal yourself to us. I just ask, Lord, for the people that feel really empty this morning. I just feel like some of you just feel really tired. You just feel really worn out. Lord, I just ask that you fill them, Lord, with what they need this morning. Lord, you're so good to us, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that again this morning, Lord, that you would give us the ability to see the bigger picture, Lord, that this life is so not it. Lord, that this life is so temporary 
and saying yes to you and the things of you is what goes down through history. And so, Lord, empower us, Lord, and give us eyes to see what's important. And, Lord, I ask that you would bless the people this week, Lord. I ask that your favor would go with them. I ask that your peace would go with them. And, Lord, I ask that you would just stir them, Lord, in the things that you want them to say yes to, Lord. Give them the courage to say yes to the things that you have for them. Now, if you're here this morning and you need prayer for courage in particular, and you just feel like that you're just barely holding on, well, don't, don't leave without getting some prayer. Like, come up and let's pray for you this morning. Just come on up here. If you need prayer this morning, you know, and you just feel like, man, I, I really know that God's asking me to do this, but you're, you have some fear about it or whatever, then come and get it off of you. Like, don't leave, this, don't leave the same. Leave different this morning. You know, see what God's called you into. I know that for some of you, you just feel like, I can actually feel this. And oftentimes, sometimes, the Lord will give us sort of a feeling or, or you know, it's one of the ways that the Lord speaks to us. But some of you are so heavy at heart this morning. And you just want to come and you want God to just, you know, uh, re- take that off of you. When I was talking about the, that burden that you're carrying, you're not meant to carry it. You're not meant to carry things. You're not meant to carry that anxiety. You're not meant, it'll take you out. As believers, we have different options. If you have Jesus Christ in you, you have different options, and you don't have to walk, you don't have to live like that. He can actually lift that off of you this morning. And if you don't believe me, then come up and we'll pray for you, and you'll see it. You'll feel it. So come on up here if you need prayer this morning. And Michael, that's my that's the pastor sort of thing. And come on up here if you need prayer this morning. If you, need he- if you need some healing in your body, come on up here and let's pray for you. And, and if you're on the ministry team, why don't you make your way up here as well? Come on up here. We just want to spend some time praying for you. And I think God really wants to give us some really cool deposits of stuff. So, you know, he, um, Christy, oh, you took your mic off already. <laughs> I do. I tell my church this every week. It's so not a good church planting to grow your church, but it really is true because too many people, you know, this is what I say to my church every week. If you came in with something, I'm totally tangled right here. Okay. I'm just going to stand here. (laughs) If you came in with something this morning that you've been carrying, that you've been having a really hard time with, or you're struggling with something, or you're feeling the weight of something, and you leave with that on you, then I don't, uh, you, you should, why'd you come? Like, you come to church because you need that stuff off of you. Like, we get together because we need some freedom. We get together because you need hope in you today. You need encouragement in, in you today. So don't leave the same. If there's something that you came in with this morning that you're like, oh my gosh, this is so weighing me down, or I'm struggling with this, or I need prayer for this, then come on up here. Leave different. Leave lighter this morning. Leave with some peace this morning. I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, you've never experienced real peace in your life because he is the prince of peace. So he not only gives you peace, but he himself comes and ministers to you. So if you need peace this morning, come and get prayer. If you need some deliverance this morning, come and get prayer. If you need some hope this morning, come and get prayer. I have a hard time believing that you're all good. (laughs) I just do. I've been pastoring too long. I know people and I know me. 
And every day I need to go before the Lord. There's a reason why the Lord said his mercies are new every morning. Why? Because we need mercy every morning. Isn't that true? So just come on up here and get prayer. I'm, I'm watching you and I'm just thinking, man, come on, leave different today. Leave lighter. If you would like to hold on to your discouragement, if you would like to hold on to your fear, if you would like to hold on to, to you know, all those things that are weighing you down, then feel free to go. I mean, you're welcome to go. But if you want to leave lighter, come and have somebody minister to you. This is for you. It's a free gift from Jesus for you. All right? So, Heavenly Father, we do just invite you. Would you just come right now? Would you really just touch us in a way that we need? We love your presence. These guys are going to lead us in worship. You guys can hang out in here as long as you want to. But I do encourage you to come up and get some prayer today. All right. Other than that, thanks for coming to the vineyard. Have a great rest of the day.